today. It's about 870, 880 naira to a dollar. 10 days ago, it was about 500 naira to a dollar. Fuck, really? Oh, and at 500 naira to a dollar, we were already fucked. But now, between the last 14 days, it has gained almost, I mean, it has dipped almost 300%. 40%, so, yeah. I mean, bro. So just imagine people are 40% poorer in just the last 14 days. Wow. This Bank of Nigeria has innovated in a called the CBDC a few uh-huh. months after they banned the financial institution from processing transactions for cryptocurrency. What an hypocrisy. And then you say wow. you built it digital currency. Hello and welcome to Bitcoin with Jake. This is a podcast all about people's personal journeys to Bitcoin. I wanted to know more about the people converging on this new form of money. Why do they see value in it? What skills enable their understanding? How is it changing their lives? If you're a founder looking for funding or an investor looking to make investments, then please reach out as I develop my network in the space. Do me a favor and chuck us a five-star rating on whichever app you're using to listen or a like if you're watching it somewhere. As insignificant as this may seem, they help a startup project like this hugely. Lastly, if you have any questions at all, please just reach out. The easiest place to find me is on Twitter at Jake E.S. Woodhouse. Now, I'd like to take a quick moment to talk about our sponsor. Fast Bitcoins are a Bitcoin exchange who you should definitely take a look at next time you're thinking of making a Bitcoin purchase. They're a great team, which for me is always the key to due diligence, whilst their product has a ton of features useful to every Bitcoiner. Check out my episodes with Danny Brewster, the founder CEO, and Nathan Smith, the chief compliance officer, to learn more about the people behind the brand. Thank you to Fast Bitcoins for sponsoring the show. Now, on to today's episode. Today, I'm speaking with Oluwashugun Koshima, which I hope I've said correctly. How are you, brother? Absolutely, my friend. God bless you. God bless you. You, you, you were going to tell me the meaning of your name, so I can't pronounce it properly. I butchered that, but we were offline. I was like, quick, we better click record. So well, let's start there. So what was the what is the meaning of your name? It's like you're referring to God Almighty. So when you say Oluwa, it's like you're saying, Jegun means conqueror. So God conquers. God is a conqueror. Oluwashi means can't do without having. Okay. Can't do without having. So my name is Oluwani. God is a conqueror or God conquers and you can't do without having. Wicked. Okay. Well, what a brilliant point to start from. So I'm sure there's a yeah. story that that, that that will come out of you know how you decided that name or where that name comes from or how you got it in the first place. But this is a podcast about Bitcoin and specifically people's personal journeys. And I was introduced to you on Twitter for specifically being based in Nigeria and being very close to the Bitcoin space there. So to kick things off, just talk to me about Bitcoin a little bit. Like when did it first come across your radar and why was it important to you when you learned about it? Awesome. Just like I said today, early uh, this morning to some of our listeners on the Orange Sun is our program we do every 7 a.m. to 9 a.m., sometimes to extend to 10 a.m. Nigerian time. Um, um, I have messages popping into my meeting, meeting. <laughs> I can't. I'm already in a meeting with Jake. So, yeah. So, in 2013, I got, um, I bought my first Bitcoin. I didn't know what Bitcoin was. I, I just thought it was a money go up technology. And, you know, I just wanted to join the bandwagon, right? And at the time in Nigeria, there were lots of scams, 
like the popular MMM that came from maybe somewhere in Russia or Europe. And then there was one coin, lots of scam. Like, oh, I don't want to be involved in this scam. I'll just do this money go up technology thingy. And I went up, came down, went up, came down. And I sold it. Uh, and in 2016, I sold my Bitcoin. But I found myself in cold winter of New York. I, I was doing uh, code Kickstarter at the New York um, Code Academy. And, and I learned uh, one very important lesson. I had a clean visa and uh, I realized that Nigerians over there, a lot of them were undocumented, not just Nigerians, Africans. And they were, uh, they had issues remitting money back home. And it was very, very difficult for them to open bank accounts or to visit Western Union, MoneyGram, you know, they're avoiding the cops and all of that. So. What happens is they give money to people that have clean visa. You can go to Western Union for them and you can remit the money. So I was more like a walking bank. So this time I was at New York Academy Kickstarter class. I remember in Manhattan. And, you know, something just came to my head and say, while I'm trying to learn how to code, what would I build? What would I do that would be unique? It was, okay, I could build like a, a remittance solution. But and that was because I was a walking bank. You know, I, I used to, Remit money for people. Uh, sometimes I have $25,000 in my pocket. Oh, please let me send this money to my brother in Nigeria. It's money for school fees. Help me send this money for agriculture. Help me send this money for electricity. Please, my people need to feed. Help me send this money. So, I'm sorry, different calls keep coming into my phone back and forth. Lots of people. So, I'm the CEO of a Bitcoin exchange, uh, bought me cash. And of course, the CEO and co founder, my phone is always buzzing. Brilliant. Sorry. Brilliant. Yeah, no, no, mate. Honestly, chill. If, if it cuts out for whatever reason, it's not a big deal. Don't worry. This is not a, you know, it's a very casual conversation. So no drama. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So it's so intriguing. So carry on. So you're talking about basically the remittance market. And I've spoken to a number yeah. of people in different parts of the world, like here in Australia. So I'm originally from the UK, but here in Australia, I had a, an episode with uh, Lord Fosatour. Shout out to him. He's based in Tonga. And so the Pacific yeah. Islands, they've got big problems remittance so I, I it's a very interesting use case that people overlook when it comes to bitcoin so continue 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 it's a, continue. It's a major one so you know at this time i was just remitting money back over people but there were lots yeah. of challenges yeah uh, go on tell me about that so you were a walking bank so you literally had 25 grand in your pocket you had a clean visa because of the the coding course you were on in new york and therefore yeah. you were helping people presumably for a percentage like you were maybe a broker as well so taking some money for yeah, that yeah. Okay. that service obviously. Um, obviously. So what were the biggest challenges with it apart from the risk of having all that cash on your person that someone could take from you somehow yeah it was it, it was firstly the cost of sending this money because you can't send money uh bronx westchester Mount Vernon, and, and you can't you can't send more than 980 at the corner store or the pharmacy or the small supermarket. You have to go to the city center or go to Manhattan to go and send large amounts of money. Sometimes I have to drive uh, Nigerians that have cash back home and give them dollars. Say, you know what? These are the list of accounts that I need you to send money back home to Nigeria. Take this dollar, but you have the beck and call of the person with the naira back home because they say, oh, the, the total amount you're sending is fifteen thousand dollars today. But I'm sorry, I don't have that cash right now. That's if you're lucky that the person is transparent and tell you they don't have that cash back home. So what they do is uh, there are so many people that are remitting money for back home. They have the Naira back home. They take the dollar from you. And you give the money to them on Monday. They may not send it until Friday. So if you're sending money for medicals, somebody may have died. 
because anybody for school fees, somebody may have lost the opportunity to write an exam for some yeah. time. Uh, and, yeah, so so you have to kill till they have Mara back home before they send the money. And of course, you know, Western Union at, at the point in time censored me. They didn't let me send money back. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's not your money. Let me send the money back home. This is none of your business. I came into this country to just educate myself, and it's none of your business. Don't stop me from sending money. And you know, they get frustrated and they let me go. So, and I'm like, okay, what's going to happen? I have to build my own remittance solution. Yes. So I started, and I started looking for how to build a remittance solution. And I found Bitcoin again. So this was, was 2016, roughly, I guess. Yes, in December. Yeah. And I'm like, what? So I can remit money with Bitcoin so quickly. I started buying Bitcoin again. Boom, boom, bam, boom, boom, bam, boom, boom, bam. So I was rushing and buying Bitcoin at a very fast pace because I realized that I could send money back home with Bitcoin. I needed no bank and I could just take people's dollars and help them remit their money back home. I had peer-to-peer -peer, uh, persons who would take the Bitcoin from me and remit the money faster than wire transfer, than Western Union, faster than any financial institution would do for me. So I said, okay, this is the deal. I've been censored. I've gone through high cost of transaction fees and then delays in transaction. I'm like, okay, so I have something that moves to the speed of light. In 10 minutes, the money gets there. And it's a higher conversion rate, more than what the uh, bank wire or bank transfer would have given if you send wire transfer from the bank, which is going to take hours before it gets there. If you send it before 12 noon, you're lucky you will get the same day. But if you send it after 12 noon, you're sending money to Lagos, Nigeria from New York. After 12 noon, most likely you're going to get it the next day. The problem is by 4 p.m. in Nigeria, you can't take your money no more because most of the Western Union shops are located at uh, uh, banks and the banks are closed. You need IDs, you need all of those things. But with Bitcoin, you don't need no ID. You can take your money in the middle of the night because the recipient who gets the Bitcoin is going to send it to you peer-to-peer, -peer, can send it to you in the middle of the night straight to your bank account. And you can take your money 2 a.m., 3 a.m., whether you're in the club or in the church. And so yeah. club. I'm like, fantastic. So that's how I started. And, 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 and at the time, I was doing something for a bank called United. I, I was already um, talking to the bank on how to build a cost solution for them because I knew this was a problem. And I told them about Bitcoin. They didn't listen to me. So I flew back to Nigeria because uh, of this bank deal. We, we got the deal in dollars. It was a big deal. I was very happy. I was making was a three-month project. But you know, bank cases, I was there for a year and a half. But I was stacking Bitcoin so much. And you know, Bitcoin went up in 2017. I'm like, yeah! So I faced my first deep in 2017 still. Uh, I got hurt a little bit, got burnt a little bit, but I already knew what Bitcoin was. So I didn't really, it didn't really bother me. And I was looking for, after we were done with the bank deal, to fast forward the story, I needed a cost, I needed an international crypto license, IMTO, to be able to compete with the likes of Western Union, MoneyGram, uh, Raya Money, yep. uh, or World Remit, uh, to implement the solution idea that I have. I have built one for the United Bank of Africa, and they're located in about 30 African countries with more than 16 to 20 million customers at a time. And then an handover. I didn't even do profit sharing because I didn't profit sharing at the time. So I'm like, okay, I'm done with this bank deal now. Now I need my own cost solution. I need a license. So I started looking for venture capital or somebody that would be on the cap table of the business. So we set up an SPV and we had a few people come. Uh, but then we struggled from 2018 after we were done with the bank in 19 looking for VC. And by 2019, we started talking to reputable people and they were ready to do the deal. And we were supposed to conclude the deal in January 2020. The rumors of the pandemic started coming up. So VC started keeping quiet and like, yeah. let's see what the next few weeks will be. 
And February came, March, boom, the world was shut down, locked yeah, down. Big time. All the VCs pulled out. Oh, wow. So I needed about $3 million capital for the shareholders' funds to be approved in view of the cross-border remittance license, which is called IMTO, International Money Transfer Operating Licenses, wow. which is what all the major IMT, um, international companies have. And my hopes and dreams was shattered. But remember, I was already a Bitcoin, and I went back to um, the drawing board. I said, look, guys, now all the VCs have pulled out. The world is shut down. No bank is open. Even Western Union is not working. World remit, all the fintech and, and, and banks are losing revenue. The only platform that's making money is exchanges, Bitcoin-only exchanges that, that, that have the capacity to move Bitcoin all over the world because I was earning Bitcoin steady at the time. I'm like, okay, I'm running out of fiat cash because people keep giving me Bitcoin. Please let me pay to my family. Let me pay. Let me pay that. There was no strike in America at the time, early 2020, the pandemic. I don't know if they started. I don't think Jack Mala started strike at the time. So I'm like, whoa, this is a unique idea. So we started building real quick. We amassed ourselves on the blockchain technology knowledge and boom, we built our uh, cross-border uh, remittance solution or a Bitcoin exchange called Bought Me Cash. The same way the shirt. Yeah, awesome. Representing your company. I love it. All the time. Man. I don't wear Gucci and Versace's no more. That's <laughs> a waste of money. I can buy $1,200 G-squared jeans. And, but I'm, right now, I, I wear maybe like a $20 <laughs> jeans, a trouser. This shirt don't cost me. It don't cost me. Mate, and all the Zoom calls, my friend. I can't see your D squared yeah. jeans, so that doesn't matter. All I get is the, no, the company I mean, shield. That's great. Wow, yeah. I love all this. So I have many questions. If I could, if I could jump in. So first of all, I love the perspective that people have of Bitcoin. Everyone's is different, and <clears throat> the remittance market is. It's extraordinary when you start looking at how much it costs and how long it takes. And without going into all the detail of it, you quickly explain that by using Bitcoin, it was faster and cheaper. I mean, as entrepreneurs, that's magic. All you need is faster, but you've actually got faster and cheaper, which is like, you know, magical, right? So talk to me a bit about, so Botme Cash is your, your exchange that's come out of this process. Like, where's that, you know, what kind of progress have you made today? And, you know, what are some of the biggest challenges you've come across? And I imagine, have you had to get one of those IMTO uh, licenses or you haven't had to? And like three million to me is a lot of money for a startup. You could build a pretty good digital product without three million dollars. Three hundred grand, you could build a good digital product just to start a prototype. But I, if if there's that much money involved in trying to get some kind of like fiat-minded license, it's like you're suddenly playing someone else's game. And the whole point of Bitcoin is not playing someone else's game, right? That, um, so just talk to me a bit about some of the challenges you've had and and, and other learnings. I would be lying to you, Jake, if I said it's no challenge. But you know, it's uh, it's been a tough. But that's the fun, right? Yeah. Like, bring it on. Yeah, you can see a future that's different, it. and people are interested, so keep going. I'm a product of my environment and my experience. Firstly, there's no VC a cap table as we speak. I sit on 100% equity of Botme Cash, and I'm very happy that thousands of customers, not one fraud, a few technology breaches, but we've been very happy. We've made thousands and thousands of people happy. As a matter of fact, Rio Lynch killed the ex-president of the Federal Republic of Nigeria and is a user of Botman Cash. No way. Of Botman Cash, yes, I've said this before. It's not, it's not gonna make it's not gonna make, make a big news, you know why? Because no VC wants to celebrate soft news, but I don't care. It's good. I'm already killing my people and I'm very happy. Um yes, the first challenge is the fact that uh, on the fifth of February twenty twenty one, that's about a few months after we started running, we launched on the seventeenth of June twenty twenty. Uh we've been in beta ever since. That's what I tell people. We've been running beta better. For two years, no VC fund, nothing. 
just pay by day transaction. Ordinary people joining us and people that want to send money abroad, people that want to import goods, people that want to pay for services, they use our platform only. And uh, Fevers uh, pronounced this policy that married us with the payment gateway and payment service solution in Nigeria because at the time, you could just take your money from any financial institution and send it directly to Bartman Cash. We had a fiat paper money wallet. So once the Naira gets into the wallet, then you can take any portion of the Naira and buy Bitcoin on our platform. And you can do whatever you like because we were interoperable with a payment solution uh, called MoneyFi at the time. And MoneyFi was sitting on APIs of some financial institution that were licensed. So we didn't need to go through the license route. But I think the central bank, where the banks felt like the deposits in the banks were were depleting because usually if the deposit of an individual stays seven months, one year in the bank, now it takes just like one week, two, because once they get deposit, they move it to an exchange just to buy crypto. So they're like, no, 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 no way. So they stopped that and that kind of uh, 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 created a friction and challenge for some of us. And um, some people bailed out, some, some businesses crashed, or even businesses that started before us crashed. Some left the shores of Nigeria. We stayed right here. We, we changed our mode into P2P. And OTC, P2P is peer to peer. Uh, we don't interact with, with, uh, Nigerian banks no more. And, and over the counter is OTC where by you meet somewhere or you come to the office, you sign a trade agreement and you buy Bitcoin. Um, and we've been doing OTC even way before uh, some big companies in America. And, and, and that was how we were able to come out of the, of, of the stress, the central bank customers. But, you know, the, the flow, uh, it's not like, when somebody can just wake up in the middle of the night and say they want to buy Bitcoin after a proper education via spaces or somewhere it meets up and they can just move the money from bank to the exchange. And, and, and another thing is VCs approaching us and telling us to list the top 20 uh, coin on coin market cap. Yeah. They're, they're going to give them dollar. That was my biggest walk away. Uh, uh, although a lot of people felt I was stupid. Even my mother at the time was asking me, look at you. Have you made $20 million before? Somebody wants to give you $20 million for equity of a business you just set up less than uh, one year because you needed to least 20, uh, coin or coin market cap. And I'm like, where am I? Bitcoin is all over the world. Like, how am I going to do that? Like, so I walked away from $20 million. I walked away from seven. I walked away from $3 million just because I don't want to list any other coin, but I listed one because the guys were, uh, Africans, uh, one from Cameroon, one from Nigeria, were my friend. And I didn't check that documentation just because I wanted to do friendship thing. Uh, this is after I've walked away from. Uh, for a multi-million dollars deal. But they, these my guys spoke to me like, this is an African thing, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know how I just fell for the bait. And, and I told my devs, you know what, just support our Nigerian brothers. And two weeks after the inter integration, we were supposed to go live and announce to our users that we've done an integration and we've listed a new coin. My student said, before you do that announcement, why don't you just go check that documentation yourself? Wow. I went to check the documentation and Jake, what I saw, Immediately, I called my developers and the old team, and I said, "Pull yes. down that coin immediately." Yeah. It was disgraceful. Uh, they were sitting on the API of another company called Stella at uh, Stella Lumens. I called the founder and the co-founder. I thought they were going to be sincere to me. Maybe I would have left. I said, "So, on what blockchain is your crypto uh, token sitting on?" And they started to speak grammar. As a maxi, I knew it was a lie. Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, damn it! You don't want to tell me the truth." I'll yank you off if you don't tell me the truth. I called the co-founder. You don't want to tell me the truth? I'll yank you off if you don't tell me the truth. They thought I was kidding and I yanked them off. Even though it cost me a lot of money for the integration, I had to spend about almost $10,000 to do the integration myself uh, with my team. And my team, they didn't understand why I was taking it. I said, bro, 
we have a Bitcoin exchange. If I had walked away from millions of dollars in this multiple crypto, I can walk away from these guys. They're my friends. They're close to my family. I can tell you in less than five years, their coin will go bust uh, and it will go to zero. Yeah, maybe and less. Yeah. It's, hmm. Maybe in December. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And then, I, I, and, I, and then today we have no other coin and we will never, ever list any other coin. I mean, you can see what's happened between SBF and Binance. I mean, less than I mean, 24 this hours. This has been crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. So these are the you know, people offering you money to do what um, is not in line with your vision, your mission, and not in line with the truth overall. I mean, somebody had told me, had offered me $5 million. My friend who said, look, I don't want anything back. I just want the coin. This is $5 million. Create the coin, put it on your exchange, and then give me about a billion worth of the coin. I'll give you $5 million in cash. I'm like, yo, why don't you just take equity from my Bitcoin exchange? They say, no, he wants me to create a coin. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I see this is get go. If I create a coin, give me five million dollars, and I give you a billion dollar worth of the coin. All he wanted was us to be able to, you know, you know, move this coin to about maybe three, four, five dollar. We can engineer it and we'll be able to shield and sell to his friends because he's in the circle of a lot of rich people. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Uh, so these are the challenges, and of course, regulation in Nigeria is not so friendly. Uh, and what else? Uh, the fact that you're running a business alone and you have to scale, you have to keep scaling, you're scaling every day, and you have to. Some people you train them and then they leave, and then you have to hire somebody else. And people think you're stupid if you're a Bitcoin-only exchange. They think, oh, you, uh, others are making more money, and you're not making money. Like I used to say, Caesar Binance used to follow me, follow me for some weeks, and he unfollowed me. I think it's because I say Binance have. 21 validators. I don't even know. Uh, I was very excited. I said, well, the 13 richest man in the world followed me. I must be doing something right. But then, after I said, do it, after I tweeted and I bragged in space, richest man is following me. And so many Binance people followed me. And all of a sudden, they started unfollowing me. I'm like, oh, what have I said wrong? Oh, it must be my maxi behavior on Twitter spaces and on interviews. Yeah. Okay, uh, I don't care. As long as my Bitcoin maxi identifies with me, even if they're a $10 Bitcoin hodler, I'm okay with them. So these are the challenges that people thinking that you're stupid because you're Bitcoin only and, and VC is trying to come to you and say, uh, this is what you have to do. If you're not doing it, we're not giving you money. But I'm very happy. I'm the happiest guy. I can sleep and wake up with drawers that seamless on, on the platform. It's custodial for now. Um, shortly, we'll be going on custodial to announce that nothing like me this year. So I'm very, very excited. Uh, uh, we're about uh, 10 staff to five extra Non full stop, just contractual sales and marketing, and and it's been going smooth. Better in two years, we we hope to come out of better um, January twenty twenty. By the time we launch Lightning, brilliant! It's very very exciting. Thank you so much for sharing all of this. I guess we're pumped. You know, all these entrepreneurs all over the world who've decided that actually Bitcoin is the signal amongst the noise, and you know that's what this podcast is about. Why do people think this? And of course, you've spoken about the remittance use case initially, and that's what took you down the rabbit hole. But <clears throat> you have to, to look at the incentive in place. It's like, okay, you were literally offered 20 million bucks to list a whole lot of crypto tokens. And you said, no, like, why would you do that? And equally, these, these people that are able to massage the value of tokens and pump them to five mil or five bill or whatever they want them the, the rated at, and then issue like 60% more or whatever they might want to do. And, and it, it is a scam. It's a massive fucking scam. And so, you know, you're shining the light on on that fact by taking the, the decisions that you've made. So fucking well played. And it, it won't have been easy, I'm sure, like 
I'm I'm starting business incredibly hard. It's all but this different stupid. pressure, like as a solo founder as well. In that sense, you're like, fuck, what do I do? Everybody feels I'm stupid. Like, like really? So people so- literally said, like, you're stupid. What are you doing? Yeah, like, are you crazy? Twenty million dollars? Have you ever seen that cash alone by yourself before? But I think that since I since I let that money go. We've been able to do transactions, um, OTC directly, indirectly, because in this space, some deals will come. You won't be able to pull a loan. You have to involve second and third party. And I've been involved in $44 million um, shipment deal, you know, and we're about just four exchanges that pulled the deal and over the counter. So I believe that just be steadfast, um, do what you're doing. As, as long as you're doing the right thing, you'll be able to go to bed. I don't want to wake up and be a machine key. Or, or be an SVF one day. No, I want to be free like I am. I'm running a custodial platform, but I keep telling everybody, take your Bitcoin off my exchange. I already took my profit. I already took my transaction fees. So if you take your Bitcoin off my exchange today, I, I'm not going to get hurt. What is your Bitcoin doing on Bethany Cash in the first place? Oh, it's going to make our, our reserve big. What do we, if I, if my reserve is big, what, what do I gain from it? If I don't borrow it out. And the moment you start to borrow people's Bitcoin out, you're in big soup. Yeah, you borrow it. You borrow it out for for what? Or you try to invest people's Bitcoin for other businesses yield or something? Yeah, bro, all that annual profit yield—that's where the problem is going to be. What if Bitcoin dips and 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 the time comes for people for you to pay people out? So I say, look, you buy Bitcoin from me, I make profit. You sell Bitcoin to me, I make profit. I'm already contented, <laughs> so you can take your Bitcoin out anytime, any day. For no reason should your Bitcoin sit on my estate. And I'm like, okay, maybe people don't understand. So we have to uh, integrate and, and give people the ability to have their 24 seed phrase and, and, and withdraw their Bitcoin, whether from our exchange or from anywhere, anytime, any day, run a non-custodial platform, even while we're still going to keep the custody platform because we run P2P and we're going to be adding a few other features like e-commerce to the platform. So it's not your Bitcoin in the first place. You just take transaction fees. If you're trying to keep Bitcoin liquidity on your platform uh, uh, just because you want to have a big, then you're, you're going to find yourself in trouble one day because people will come to you and say, hey, you have up to 1,000 Bitcoin in your reserve. You have up to 5,000 Bitcoin in your reserve. Why don't you put the Bitcoin in this for you? Why don't you borrow it out for yeah, this? Send it to us for some, yeah, yeah. And leverage it up and all the rest of it. I've seen people go down the drain. I don't want to go down the drain. I'd yeah. rather just stay happy. Well, that sounds very smart. And I, I like, um, so I have a sponsor for the show at the moment, which are Fast Bitcoins. Shout out to them. There's a really nice kind of synergy between Bitcoin only exchanges and people like myself. So, podcasts and like small media businesses and helping to tell the stories of people like yourselves who are technical founders building functional products and why Bitcoin on its own is so important. These, these conversations are part of that, which I really love. To, to go in a slightly different direction, tell me a bit more about life in Lagos and, you know, what's the Naira? And how does the central bank of Nigeria function and how important is Bitcoin and how fast is it growing? And that was really what intrigued me to get in touch with yourself was, you know, I grew up in the UK. I live in Australia. You know, I can get a bank account, no problem. I just, I, I don't have some of the same day-to-day issues as people growing up in different parts of the world. So um, Bitcoin kicks a lot of goals in this space for some people in a different way. Teach me a bit about that. Now, firstly, the Naira is, is, is trading at a record 25-year low today um naira lost to the dollar last few days and today it's about 870 880 
naira to a dollar. Ten days ago, it was about five hundred naira to a dollar. Fuck, really? Oh, and at five hundred naira to a dollar, we were already fucked. But now, between the last fourteen days, it has gained almost. I mean, it has dipped almost three hundred percent. Forty percent, yeah. I mean, bro. So just imagine, people are forty percent poorer in just the last fourteen days. Wow. The Bank of Nigeria has innovated the e-naira called the CBDC a few uh-huh. months after they banned the financial institution from processing transactions for cryptocurrency. What an hypocrisy. And then you say wow. you built e-digital currency. So the whole financial, dis- um, the financial system of, of Nigeria, the traditional conventional financial system was banned from processing any cryptocurrency. Yes. Is that right? Well, okay, well, forgive me. I should have, re- I should have researched that, but that's, that's a crazy, crazy, huge yeah. regulation. Like, what the it's fuck? The inflow and outflow. They they see the inflow into the exchanges and outflow from the banks. So they don't ah, want. They, they, I see. They, this is what you touched on earlier. So they could literally see the banks draining into crypto. Okay. Exactly, and and you know, and and some of us Bitcoin exchange startup founders, boom, just started making, you know, quick progress like that. And I was going yeah. on national TV. And I was talking about this on national TV. No way. They didn't like that. So so they put out a circular on the 5th of February, 2021. A few months after that, they launched the central bank digital currency in the stupid way. They launched it with a foreign company, Caribbean company, which was a big mistake. You could have called the people in Nigeria, the developers in Nigeria, to build that for you. But he did it with a central, uh, with a with a Barbados company, and they fucked you over. Three weeks after you launched the CBDC, there was a copy and paste privacy policy in terms of use, error number one. Two, the wallets were not opening, right? Uh, people could not deposit, they could not withdraw. So the central bank digital currency in era failed on arrival. It's about one year today, uh, well, maybe one year and one month. It was launched, it was launched in October 2021. This is November 2022, and they have less than one million people who have adopted it. Uh, it's a surveillance tool. People are running away from it, it's dying. And, and, and on the 15th of December 2022, there would be a new Naira. Now, the central bank claimed to have lost the total amount of Naira in circulation. So out of 3.7 trillion Naira, central banks claim, central bank of Nigeria claimed that it lost um, access and or, 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 or should I say track document. Perhaps. Yeah, they, they track. don't know how much money there's out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So because of that, because of that, they want to innovate. They've innovated and will be releasing new Naira paper money, new notes. Now look at the game. Look at the gameplay. Election is in February, January election. The current central bank governor, Governor Emefili, wanted to contest for the president. His party, political party, which is the incumbent party. That's how crazy the man is. Is a card carrying member of a particular political party, and he's doing it openly. They didn't let him. So I think what he's doing is, you know what, you politicians, you fucked me over. You didn't let my aspiration of becoming the president's work from the party, I'm going to fuck you over too. So what I would do is I would create a new money, right? All the money that you're stashed from the old Naira in your house, because that's what rich men do over here. Rich politicians who steal money, they stash it somewhere. What we would do is we would ensure that that money would make it useless. So on the 15th of, the, of this one, we don't know how much you have and you can use to fight against us when it comes to election in 2023. And by the 31st of January, 2023, will be the deadline. If you have the old money, it will be irrelevant. So now the people are now taking all the money that they have 
kept somewhere back to the bank. So I, I, in my mind, I say the central bank government is only trying to witchcraft all of his opposition, but at the same time, running down the economy of Nigeria. Because what's that, what he's doing is depleting the reserve of Nigeria to print new money. You need a lot of money. It costs a lot to print new money. Mm. And then it costs a lot to recoup the money that is outside. And then the Naira is losing against the dollar. Today is 860, 70, 80. By December 15, which is the day you're going to release the new money in 2022, it would have been almost $1,000. Prices never go down in Nigeria, always going up. Inflation is terrible, record high, more than 20 point something percent, according to Central Bank. But obviously, in the real world market, it's about 32, 35%. Water, viral, paper, makeup for women, perfume, transportation, rice, beans, sugar. Life. Life. So minimum wage is 30,000 naira. Minimum wage. Some governors are not, are not even paid. And that's like 35 to $40 minimum wage because $50 today is above 1,000 naira. A minimum wage is 30,000 naira. So that's about $40. So Nigerians can afford to even buy a bag of rice. A bag of rice is higher than minimum wage. A bag of rice is 38,000 naira. A minimum wage is 30,000 naira. Can you see they have designed poverty to uh, as a weapon. They're weaponizing poverty impoverishing people, and they say they're releasing money, uh, monetary policies. These policies are unfavorable. They are bad weather policies. I think it's for selfish purposes. And that's why we have innovations like Bitcoin uh, taking over. Now, I can send money all over the world without any license using Bitcoin, freedom money, finance money, one true decentralized, trustless, permissionless money to anywhere in the world. Before, I have to go to the bank go and expose my privacy just because I want to send a dollar to Ukraine. You have to tell them who you're sending money to, give them the details of that person, details of the transaction, and then you have to wait at the bank discretion to send the money to you two, three working days before the money gets there. Oh, freaking no. I'll sit down here and send $100,000 to any part of the world. Boom. And they will get it over lightning. I can send smaller fractions in, in milliseconds. So that's that. And now I don't have to go and pay $1 million, $2 million, $3 million for international money transfer operator license. When that's cool. So you don't need the well, license. Yes. Okay. I mean, what am I going to pay that license for? Binance haven't paid that license money yet to the SEC, Security Commission. Paxil haven't paid that license. Why should Botley Cash, a smaller startup, pay that license fee? About a million dollars at the CBN exchange rate. And yeah. um, less than a 300 million short of uh, a million dollars, which is 500 million naira, is, is what they're asking to come and pay to be a virtual asset service provider. That's what the SEC wants. Now, the SEC in Nigeria and the Central Bank of Nigeria are arguing they're not on the same slate. These guys always seek rental fee from uh, uh, money companies or, or companies who are innovating around the money business. Yeah, financial so product what, businesses, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So ordinarily what I would have done is, you know, get in bed with a company that have international money transfer operator license, use their API, and then, you know, I can take deposits and I can take your fiat money and, you know, let you buy Bitcoin and remit your Bitcoin anywhere over the world. Marry those with this bank. So what we're doing is strictly P2P. We're not interacting with your with paper money. We send the paper money to the pers person that you want to buy Bitcoin from. Yeah, Bitcoin is held in escrow on our platform. And then once they confirm that they got your paper money, they, upon confirmation of uploading proof of payment, the Bitcoin is released to you and or you buy Bitcoin over the counter. So far, it's been seamless. Or, although some people will go through Telegram, WhatsApp, they've been scammed here and there. But on our platform, it has been very, very seamless. And we're trying just to make it better for every time.
well. And it, it just makes a complete mockery of someone who turns and says, oh, Bitcoin has no value. It's like, it's just, it's just completely ignorant of, you know, your story, what you're telling me now. Like, it's just so obvious that there's a use case for it, not just that. It's actually being used and delivering value. So tell me, so on, on the street, you know, maybe your, your, your parents, your close family, your siblings, your partner, your kids, I don't know what phase of life you got to yet. But, you know, if, you're, if your currency has been debased by 40% in only 14 days, what does that mean? And how do you actually deal with that? And I assume Bitcoin sells itself. So everyone must be talking about Bitcoin. But then the, the central banking model of the last 100 years is very, very powerful. You know, when you can print your own money, you own all of the media companies, you own all of the education systems, you, you have ingrained in everyone for so long that they've got your back. We understand how this works. And don't worry, we'll look after you. It's a very, very difficult headspace to get your head around it what's it like like on day-to-day -day street like how, how are people dealing with it and i'm assuming you'll get more and more friends and family approaching you asking you know how do i buy bitcoin what do i do etc you know it's funny uh, the, the problem is there is a proliferation of shit coins in nigeria called altcoins and cryptocurrencies okay. so sad that the enablers are the biggest uh exchanges in the world aka binance um and that's the only beef I have with Binance. Shout out to CZ. I like CZ. The other beef I have with him is the fact that he unfollowed me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so that's the problem. And, and, and just recently, former chairman of First Bank of Nigeria has been hired by Binance to help the regulatory conversations. And that's like you hiring the former chairman of Bank of America. So when a cryptocurrency company hires, I mean, I'm not talking about a former CEO the former chairman of a bank, that person have every knowledge of how money moves in that country, contact with who is who, all the billionaires of that country, knows what transaction is. So just imagine the type of deal Binance will be pulling with that new hire. Uh, my mom, not just a hire, I think it's a business exchange. Maybe she bought into the board or something. This is Ibukuan uh, Woshika, shout out to her. I steal the business uh, financial space, top lady. But what I, I, I think that is enabling is more because there are too many cryptocurrencies on Binance, FTX, but now Binance is right, FTX. So I think Binance is about to become public enemy number one for cryptocurrency space, even though they're the savior. Uh, but then the financial banks will be looking at them. Binance is, more, is most likely almost all the banks in Africa. I think they are bigger than some yeah, governments. Binance is huge. I mean, absolutely huge. Right now. It's so huge. So, so um, it's, it's just too bad that uh, uh, Binance, that the CEO is a Bitcoin, I started with Bitcoin, preaches Bitcoin so much, uh, still enabled Luna, Luna Fella, enabled FTT, and you can see what's happened to FTT, and so many other crazy stuff that your yeah, smart chain has enabled. Um, tokenization is rising in Nigeria and in Africa. So there's this proliferation of fraud because once you are underlining, even if you had a, a sincere purpose in, initially because Bitcoin already solved the double spend issue. Uh, because Bitcoin is permissionless, everything needs engineering of humans every now and then. There will always be manipulation. So there will be a lie because you need to do the numbers. Once you get people to come on your board, they take some equity from you, you have to pay back. Mm. So uh, um, every token will definitely have an IOTA of fraud. So if you succeed a few days, few years, uh, it's not a matter of time. 
it would be like Celsius, Block TX, and the rest of them. So you can see just a Twitter post by CZ almost damaged FTX. As a matter of fact, FTX is, is going to be gone in short. Wow, that's the same guy. in a week. Oof. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like a, it's just like a bloke. Like, look at us. That's where I So, so it's so sad that now every shitcoin company will run to Binance and say, fund us. We have yeah. this idea. And, 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 and eventually, Binance is not completely telling the truth to people. You're playing Voltron, you're saving people, uh, but you're not saying it that the only thing that we are yeah. doing is stacking. Because the only thing that is backing BNB up is Bitcoin. What is Binance going to tell us? What is Binance going to tell us? If FTT can fail, FTT of FTF, then BNB can definitely fail. Mm. Or something. This is, so, this is the kind of this is the incentive model that we we touched on slightly earlier. But when you start peeling back the layers as to like how it actually functions, the you know venture capital is a, in my opinion, an amazing industry that in the crypto space has got a very bad reputation, which is unfair because there's lots of plebs being drawn into crypto because of this innovation and number go up and they hear about VC and everyone's like giving it a bit of a bad name in a sense. Like the idea of funding ideas to create large value over time is incredibly like cool space to work in. But what's happened with these these crypto tokens, like it makes so much sense, right? Okay, I'm going to take 100,000 USDC off a crypto VC and I'm then going to create this token that you guys will own 40% of, I'll own 20% of it. We'll use 10% to market it and we'll start selling 30% to the open public in Nigeria on Binance that have no fucking clue about how it's built. It's just a small web page that says we're better than Bitcoin in some way, whether it's better for the environment or faster or more private. Who, who cares what it is? And suddenly you pump it across some telegram groups, you pump it across Twitter and people start hearing about it. And you know, suddenly you've got all these different, I think there's 20 or 25,000 different coins on CoinMarketCap now. It's an extraordinary amount of different projects. And they time it to such an extent that they're like, well, we've now made 3,000x our original money. Let's take all that off the table and buy Bitcoin. And, you know, and it unravels. So someone like Binance, they've got and the same problem with Coinbase. The exchange fee that you can charge is actually fairly small. So you as an exchange business, there's only a certain margin you can charge before people won't use your service. And the incentive is actually to list a ton more different coins that you can charge fees on the transactions. And hence, actually, Coinbase, Binance, whoever it might be, there's no incentive to do deep due diligence on, on the tokens. It's the incentive to get more of them on the platform, to get people buying and selling between each one and taking a fee every time. So it's kind of like a parasitical type model. And I mean, Binance will end up owning the whole the whole fucking thing, but there's no value in it. It's all just one big pump and dump, and someone will get pulled in the end. I don't know. So, so the main problem is that obviously that the average Nigerian on the street is seeing all of this marketing noise from other crypto projects, and it's very hard for Bitcoin's value proposition to make it through. Well, yeah. sorry, I went on a bit of a rant there about the kind of structure of the, the, the market. Even when they do due diligence, the due diligence. Look, what do you want to tell me? There's nothing the CEO of Coinbase or the CEO of Binance wants to tell me. Because I'm the CEO of an exchange too. The difference is they list multiple crypto. They have more liquidity. I don't have as much liquidity as they have. They have venture capitalists on their cap table. I don't have VC on my cap table. Yes, maybe eventually we're going to have that from 2023. We'll open our doors to taking meetings with Bitcoin only. But you know what? 
let me let me look at it. Let me let me be sincere. If I want to list the coin now, what and I say, oh, the market is uh, is porous right now. I must be very careful. I don't want to hurt my users that much. It's not like I don't want to hurt them at all, but I don't want to hurt them that much. Um, I want to do my due diligence. What criteria? What are the measures for due diligence? Liquidity, development team, sincerity of purpose behind a lie. It's already a lie. So the liquidity is a lie. The <laughs> development, that's the mindset of the development team is a lie because they know those tokens are printed from team air. And then, so what are you looking at? AML, anti-money laundering. The foundation of that AML is already a lie. Yeah. So, if it, so when people come and speak grammar on CNBC or on international platform, I just shake my head. I'm like, yeah. it's not your fault. It's because you have the marketing money to put your ad on billboards on national television here and there, hire the best right. people. So the other smaller companies that are doing just Bitcoin alone, they look at us as stupid. Or they look at us like, these guys are no money makers. They just, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Do you know situation from anywhere? Ah, look at you. Uh, I can I give you access. It's a very to surface level view. Yes, absolutely. Yo, so I can see from the get-go, if I want to list your coin now, what are the off picks? First of all, you would tell me, oh, I will give you $20 million worth of liquidity of the coin. That would be yours. You can sell. <laughs> uh, then, uh, I'm going to rich, fee. basically. Yeah. Okay. Transaction fees on your platform we will share. You will take this percentage and then um, you can sell back to where you can be. Or you will be the market leader of this particular jurisdiction. You will just give me all sorts of advantages because I have an exchange. Bro, then I'm going to tell the lie to my users. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then my users, when, when things start to happen, my users start to get 95% of Botnikash users, I do not know. They don't even know I am the founder. They don't know me from anywhere. So when they, when they die out of depression, when they, when they fall sick out of hypertension of the hurt, that's my so influence true, over. They, there are people literally killing themselves because they've lost so much money, right? They, they, they got duped know. into shit and then, yeah, well. It's crazy. Like, people, look, people have died that as a CEO exchange, you will not even know. You may never even get close to them. Wow. It's so it's so sad. It's so freaking yeah. sad. So what I do is I try to write a founder's email to all of my people, all the people that sign up. I say, look, I may not know you, but listen, don't ever sell your Bitcoin. And if your seller is just basically test liquidity, don't be like me. I'm hyper Bitcoinized. I buy and sell Bitcoin. I make Bitcoin small or big. It depends on the transaction on the exchange, off the exchange. I'm always doing transactions in Bitcoin. I have seven bank accounts. None of them have any liquidity. I only use them for inflow. And once the money comes in, all the bank managers already know me. They don't like me no more because I take the money out in a few minutes. Boom. They don't like it because the bank wants the, the, the deposit to deposits. sit in the Yeah. They want the deposit to sit in the bank. If the deposit is going out, they start to tell you different things. Ah, blah, blah, blah. They, so I don't want the deposit to sit there because the deposit is not mine. It's for somebody. They want to use it to buy Bitcoin. So that's the biggest challenge now is liquidity for Bitcoin, access to Bitcoin and, 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 and being able to on-ramp easily. Off-ramping is not the problem because once there is Bitcoin, yeah, on-ramp is the problem. Off-ramping is easy mm-hmm. because Bitcoin is the elephant in the room. Once you want, you want to sell your Bitcoin for cash, I'll buy it quickly, 
what how much Bitcoin do you want to sell to me right now that I cannot afford to buy? If I can't afford to buy it, I call my big finance friend and say, yo, we fucking have a, a Christmas bonus right here. Somebody wants to sell their Bitcoin. <laughs> it's joyful. Anytime, any freaking day you want to sell your you we buy Bitcoin faster than we sell. Wow. Because buying Bitcoin is like somebody selling their premium house in a premium environment. So I, I so I yeah, see like premium real estate. Yeah. Yes. You're absolutely right. So I yeah. see like I see like okay, this person has economic downtime and they want to sell their land or they want to sell their real estate property. So we buy because we buy cheaper. Ask any exchange, Coinbase, Binance, they buy Bitcoin cheaper than they sell Bitcoin. It's harder to sell Bitcoin to you because selling Bitcoin to you is us making you rich, making you sovereign, making you enjoy what privacy and permissionless and borderless means. Mm. So we're making sure that you're buying Bitcoin at a very high rate. And we don't even want you to get Bitcoin in any way. We just want you to sell to us. That's the secret of any exchange. Exchanges don't even want you to buy Bitcoin from them. That's the truth. They want you to sell Bitcoin to them so that you can buy Bitcoin off you. And when you come back and say you want to buy that Bitcoin, eventually when you realize that, oh my God, I shouldn't have sold my Bitcoin, then I have to buy my house back. I have to buy yeah. my land back. Then they're going to say, okay, that house you sold to me for $1,000. I'm going to sell it back to you for $1,400. Oh, but I just sold the house to you a few hours ago. How come it's so expensive? Oh, you didn't know it was, it was valuable when you sold it. The market's changed, guys, or whatever they want to talk about. Oh, well, it's been fascinating. So listen, 55 minutes or so has flown by. I have another five minutes. I normally shoot for about an hour. Thank you so much for, for sharing your story. You have a couple of other projects that you've mentioned on your Twitter profile. Satoshi's Journal, Village Bitcoin, the Bitcoin Hotspot. Can you just talk to me about a little of these other projects you're involved in? So inevitably, you know, you've got your um, Botme Cash is your probably main passion focus as an exchange, but inevitably, you know, come for the gain, stay for the revolution. There's so much else going on in the Bitcoin space. It changes how you think. So just a little bit about these other projects. Yeah, obviously, Botme Cash is the bank. Satoshi Journal is the education media company. Uh, okay. Satoshi Journal is a, a Bitcoin education and news. We use it for Bitcoin advocacy. Uh, it's, it's everything money everything transaction. So my friend Jeremy Garcia is the founder CEO of Satoshi Journal. Uh, we're half and half deep in the equity and I'm the COO and the co-founder of Satoshi Journal. Uh, dedicated and um, right here, here in Nigeria. Uh, and we're building Village Bitcoin, Bitcoin Village. It's a one acre, 60 by 120 per plot, six plots makes one acre. Uh, we're going to be building a Bitcoin development center development on-site, mining refurbishment on-site because that's going to be a big business in the nearest future. People have miners and when it gets points, they have to send them abroad or the miners will just condemn. So what we're trying to do is teach people how to refurbish miners on-site oh, here. Wow. Assemble um, and disassemble nodes, seed signers, printers. So we have lots of partners talking to us. Uh, and then we're, we're, we're doing the first ever international Bitcoin conference in February, uh, powered by Satoshi Journal, myself and my partner, Jeremy are the ones sponsoring the events uh, solely. But now we've started uh, opening up to donation. And of course, any company that wants to be a part of it because a tree cannot make a bush. And Bitcoin hotspots at Village Bitcoin, you see me educating kids, adults, pregnant women, adolescents, youths about Bitcoin. We're starting mm-hmm. a Bitcoin circle in Lagos. And uh, and guess what? Uh, where we're building a Bitcoin village is in the heart of the city of Lagos where they don't have electricity. So imagine a small village in New York City. I, 
a purpose because New York of Nigeria. So imagine a small community in New York that does not have electricity or all the existence of New York. Then wow. we go there, we buy up portions of land because I have, I invest, I don't keep my money in the bank. So when I make money, if I make $500,000 land, what I do is I just buy lands and I buy buildings because I can't keep that money in the bank. But you know, the problem is if a war breaks out now, I can't lift my building out of Nigeria. You know, that's why Bitcoin is the best asset to buy. You know, you can come and confiscate my land and say, hey, there's war. So blah, blah, blah. I can't even sell my house, but the houses that I have overnight, you know, but I can sell my Bitcoin in seconds. A war breaks out now. All I have to do is I know my sleep is in my head. I move all of my Bitcoin from multiple uh, places where I have them into one and boom, I have my node in my pocket. And <laughs> I move out of Nigeria, I just fly. Uh, so what we are doing is we want to create a Bitcoin circular economy. We were inspired by El Salvador, um, El Zonte Beach, but we are building it according to our own environment. We're building from ground up. We're not modifying anything uh, block on block. Uh, by next year, the school will be launched. There's going to be lecture rooms. There will be places for developers to sleep on site. So we'll have developers come on site, not just virtual, because there's already an organization that is doing Bitcoin training in Nigeria, but they've not been able to train as many devs as possible. That's a big challenge here in Nigeria. So we said, you know what? We can't leave it for only one company to do because we're going to monopolize it and it's going to become corrupt. So we have to set up an institution, an on, on-prem, in-class institution where true Bitcoin educators can fly down because everybody keeps going to us. Okay. Say, come on, man. Nigeria is the country in Africa that is adopting Bitcoin the most and most likely the top three in the world. So come to Nigeria, come and teach Bitcoin and like me in the class. Uh, 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 come and see how people are adopting Bitcoin for real in on ground, poor people, underprivileged people. And come and see how we are making supermarkets, mini ones, mini marts, boutiques, little by little, are beginning to adopt Bitcoin payments. Uh, so that's what we're trying to foster with the village Bitcoin construction and all of those things. And um, yeah, the conference is basically just to announce Bitcoin major, uh, where we can invite regulators, people from financial institution, government, uh, yeah. yeah, have a proper conversation. It's going to be uh, on the beach, uh, two days events. People will come and visit the village Bitcoin and then come to the conference itself, interact, have people like yourself come to Nigeria. So we're just trying to make sure yeah, we that. put our money. I mean, you can't be preaching Bitcoin. And not doing the proper ongoing adoption work. Not everybody yeah. will become a lightning developer. Some people want to be the preacher. Some people want to be the ones that will refurbish the miners. Some people want to be the one that will help people set up nodes. So human capacity development is our focus around Bitcoin. You cannot hyper Bitcoiners without touching up all of these areas. So that's what we're doing with Bitcoin Hotspot, meetups in every place. Uh, uh, Bitcoin. Satoshi Journal, Education and News. So hearing your story just really highlights so nicely the kind of grassroots and organic growth of Bitcoin. So I'll ask you one last question before we say goodbye. So you mentioned that Nigeria is possibly the fastest growing Bitcoin adoption nation in the world. What are the statistics, just very high level of that, please? Like, and I know they'll be crazy. You know, there's X many hundred million people living in Nigeria, which they're all like 25 years old or something mad. So, so what's the adoption rate, do you reckon? First of all, you see the meetup um, that I had uh, on the 30th of October. You can see the video I on Village Bitcoin um, Twitter. Okay, I'll check it out. We have over 100 people registered from pregnant women into, old, I mean, I mean, 80 something years old came, 16 years old came, 10 years old came, different type of people came. Wow. Uh, 
those are ordinary people. In just two days of meetup campaign, we got over a hundred people. So that's just for you to know the level at which people want to learn about Bitcoin. I say any company, I repeat, any company in this crypto space or Bitcoin that does not have a branch or is not planning to get into the Nigerian space quickly is doing so at their own peril. Wow. So tell your sponsor before your competitors get into the terrain. People are talking to us from Blockstream to all the major companies all over the world are having conversations with different people. Be very careful so you don't fall into the hands of scammers. Scammers, major. So that's the level of adoption. You can see the adoption. You can see it on your products. Create your products in Uzbekistan. Create your products in Australia. Create your products in Japan and wait for it. You see Nigerians onboarding themselves to your product. Then you wow. will know that that's a should go. I can't really put my hand on the stats right now. But I can confidently tell you that at, oh, least, okay. at least nothing short of 7 million Nigerians will have active Bitcoin wallet. It may be more than that, but maybe mm. they are all cri- maybe cryptocurrency here and there. Some people say uh, 13 million, some people say 15 million, but we are a country of 220, 200, even more million people. Yeah. By 2050, they said that we'll be about 500 million people. So we may be 20 million people, but you know, not all of them are true Bitcoiners. Not all of them yeah. understand Bitcoin. Yeah. Right. Maybe money go up or whatever it is they're buying it for. But the adoption rate is increasing very, very fast. If not, Paxful will be making their highest revenue from Nigeria. Binance will be making the highest revenue from Nigeria. So, yeah. That's, well, uh, thanks to fun. thanks to people like yourself, the, the 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 story of Bitcoin will get out to the people that need to hear it. So, um, Oli Wershagun, thank you so much for your time. I hope I've said that name correctly again. I'm sorry. First time saying it. But um, where can people reach you if, if they want to get in touch? At, on Twitter, at uh, Mr. Lamy Lamy. Uh, and I'll post it in the show notes, guys. No worries. Yeah, um, at Mr. Lamy Lamy. Yeah, and I respond to my quickly, except I am not online. Once I'm online, DM me, I'll respond immediately. But don't DM me, I'm saying, good morning, how are you? Have you eaten? What's your favorite color? I'm not going to answer you. <laughs> DM me straight yeah. to the point. I'll respond to you. If you no. talk to me with you real quick. Well, what a legend. Thank you so much for sharing your story with me. I've loved it. Thank you so much for your time. Salute, top man. Thank you, Jake. God bless you. God bless your show and your sponsors. Okay, friends. Nice work. You made it all the way to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this conversation. As I said at the start, if you have any questions, then please don't hesitate to reach out. And if you enjoyed the episode, then please rate, like, subscribe, and share. That's it for now. Enjoy the rest of your day. All the best, Jake.